0: Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N 29.com.
1: Welcome one, welcome all the greatest show of them all the <laughs> NFC East mix tape you can listen to the show in any of four different NFC East related platforms across SB Nation Blog of the Boys for Dallas Cowboys coverage, Bleeding Green Nation for Philadelphia Eagles, Big Blue View for New York Giants, and Hogshaven for Washington Commanders. You can also watch this on the Bleeding Green Nation YouTube channel or the Blog of the Boys YouTube channel. I say this, it is a product that is put together by our fantastic producer, Rachelle Prevet, also of Bleeding Green Nation. He is Brandon Lee Gowden, also of Bleeding Green Nation. I am Arjo Ochoa of Blog of the Boys. B-L-G. Happy Tuesday to us. Happy Wednesday to the listener. Happy last week without any football activity of any single kind for the next seven months.
2: So, yeah. TGIF, RJ. Um, I have to get to a correction (laughs) at the top of the show. There's a listener in the YouTube comments, I believe on the blogging the boys page, and they wanted us to correct the fact that Eli Manning, he's not a 500 starter. Because you have to include the postseason too. So when you include mm, mm. his eight and four record in the postseason to his one hundred and seventeen to one hundred and seventeen regular season record, he's not a five hundred starter. He's a .508 career starter. So wow, I really had it wrong.
1: Um, you know there are a handful of Eli stands, um, and I will, you know, I I I respect like a stand of anything. You know what I mean? Mm. Like I respect loving something anything? so much that you're willing to go to bat for. Well, yeah, like mm. if you love something so much that you're willing to argue about it, like I respect that you love something I that much. Some I might to disagree with you. Um, but um so yeah, um I just I, I, I don't know, man. Like everything about Eli annoys me. Like I've just reached that point. I don't, I I know you're a big golf guy. Uh, The open championship was this past weekend and it's a a big golf tournament that happens every year, rotates um, locations. It was at the old course, which is the home of golf, big, big thing in the, in the golf world, uh, Brandon. Um, And so a lot, it's like on a lot of people's bucket list to go there, experience it, whatever. And so when this tournament is there, it's like a big old ta-da. And I saw Peyton Manning, uh, posted a photo on his Instagram story. It was him and Eli. And I was like, man, that's so cool. Peyton's getting to like, be there experiences. Then I was like, but Eli's there, you know, like it just, it just like irks at you, um, on this subject. I don't know if I've ever said this on the NFC's mixtape. I tried to make a nickname for Peyton Manning catch on that never did. And I want to get your thoughts on okay. it. Okay. People called him the sheriff. Right. Which I think was kind of dumb. Like that, you know, wasn't you better a better name for it. I su- that, exactly. Thank you. For, I've long said, Brandon, that uh, teams rings of honor should be called something to do with their like mascot, like the Broncos should be like the stable of, honor. Mm. you know, the, the Jets could be like the, the hanger of honor. You know what I'm saying? So I love where your head is at as we start this episode. Um, but Peytonium, I wanted that to be his nickname <laughs> so badly.
2: That sounds stuff right here. <laughs>
1: That sounds cool. Um, I wanted to get your take on one last thing uh, before we started. Today, we are going to put together our NFC East All-Stars from a special teams perspective. And because that will only take five minutes, we are then going to discuss our biggest questions heading into training camp. Biggest questions, obviously, for all four teams. Are you ready for my final thing? Because I was told by many people to bring this up to you. All right. So um, I'm going to make this a compliment for Uh you. You are really good at eating food Mm. um like better than most people if that makes sense like you're so willing to try things willing to explore willing to combine flavors and you know pair them with drinks and things like that and and understand Mm. you know the 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 chemistry of eating food um and i respect and admire that about you um i love you Uh brandon anyway uh so i i will be the first to admit that as a child i was a bit of a picky eater i uh, and that's the case for a lot of children i used to eat my hamburgers plain and dry i was one of those you know like i don't want my food touching sort of things and i think that i decided at some point that cheesecake was gross and then i forgot i think i decided that and then forgot um just because i was like ew cheese i don't want cheese in my burgers cheese, cheese you know what i mean Like, i'm not like defending this you know five-year-old decision um the age of five-year-old not that it's uh, actually a five-year-old decision um and so last friday my wife and i somebody gave us a cheesecake and we brought it into our home we were watching some friends on, on the tube having a good time and and she got up to get a piece and i said looks kind of good and i've actually there's an episode of friends where chandler and rachel really love a cheesecake and i always kind of thought like that looks kind of good in that episode and so she was like it is good you should try it she's you know as my wife she's like quick get over this stuff try different foods you know whatever so she's introduced me to you know i, I wouldn't love brussels sprouts if it weren't for my wife is, is one example um so i tried the cheesecake and um holy crap
2: that's my bad i'll take that l i was missing out for a long time i'm so glad you brought this up because i actually brought this up so i heard this i believe this morning tuesday morning i think you brought this up at the end of monday football monday if i'm not mistaken at some point, yeah, yeah. yeah, and I and I listened to it. I listened to the first half of yesterday, and the, the the second half today on Tuesday's we're recording. And I got so mad, so viscerally mad, when I heard you hadn't had cheesecake in your entire life. You're older than me, which like that, that's I, I get so mad that I brought it up to Elizabeth and Holden, who are Paul's parents, who I saw this morning when I ran into, into them because they're big listeners of the mixtape as well. Cause so they were like, "Hey, what do you got going on today?" And I'm like, "Well, I had to do the mixtape." And then it instantly clicked that I was like, "I'm so mad that RJ said he had never had cheesecake. It's such a ridiculous thing to say, and also to to not do to never have cheesecake in your life." And I'm glad you finally had it because it's good. What kind? Did we get? Did you mention what kind? I didn't and I got a lot of like you got to try this, you got to try
1: that. There were all sorts of like and you know, like there was so many people who made that like they literally have a factory for like you know there was that joke was made a million times. Um it oh, was yeah. strawberry cheesecake and and there were there were sl- like thin slices of strawberries on it which were great. Um and so after the first couple of bites I said, "Man, this is really good. I'm going to eat like because it was most of a cake that we were given, uh, by, you know, by a neighbor. And um, and she was like, no, you're not. She was like, you'll you'll see like kind of as you're done with that piece, like it's a little it's a little bit more filling than it kind of meets the eye. And I do kind of think that I really liked it. Like, I'm not trying to at all imply or infer that it wasn't great, but the actual like cream cheese is, a you know, it's a little bit it, it, it seeps in mm-hmm. and, it, and it just kind of expands when, once you hit it. Um, I don't think this is like a Vogue take or, or this is a Vogue take. Rather, the crust was my favorite part um but somebody recommended i forgot what it was uh, to be honest but they sent a link to me of, of like this you know really popular cheesecake chain i think you can like order them and they're gonna they be like delivered to your house wherever you live and i was looking at the photos and one looked amazing so as i understand this was kind of like a conventional cheesecake like crust at the bottom cream cheese fruit slices on top i'm sure mm-hmm. you've had that with cherries strawberries you know blueberries i don't know whatever um but this one looked really good, Brandon. It was like as if the cheese the cream cheese was in like a pocket mm. of crust. Like the crust extended up and covered it on the top. That's what I want to try.
2: To me when you're having a cheesecake, what makes a good cheesecake? it's got to be a thick boy in the sense of like you you have to be able to kind of if you're putting your fork in it, kind of cut you know cut it let's say do
1: fork i went spoon that's an interesting yeah i probably do a fork already difference right
2: here. like there has to be resistance it can't just be like you know straight down it can't be weak sauce like it has to be there's ah. like almost like a consistency of cheese a little bit like it has to give you some kind of resistance mm. also to me like you can go a bunch of different ways with it i like a just like you know a, a chocolate chip cheesecake really simple keep it simple and good um didn't so so here's how it came up didn't rachel where did she say had good cheesecakes? Didn't she bring it up? Did she say TGI Fridays?
1: Uh, was, or am I crazy? Uh, TGA, TGI Fridays. Okay. Yeah, she said so that on Monday. TGI up Monday.
2: again, yeah. but like I, I was so shocked she didn't say the Cheesecake Factory. I was like, Rachel, what are we doing
1: here? I mean, I respect Ra- Rachel's a super clever person, so I re- I respect that she didn't just take that low hanging fruit. You know what I mean? I got to go Chili's um, by the way so, over um, TGI
2: Fridays. Not a sponsor, but I'm I'm Team Chili's over Applebee's any day whoa. of the week.
1: Yeah. Okay. Team Chili's over Applebee's? Is that what you yeah, said? Yeah, and like
2: TJ Fridays, all that kind of, you know, any kind of in that realm there, it's Chili's number one.
1: Mm. What else is in that realm? A Chili's, those are three solid ones. I there's like other stuff. TGFR, that, maybe Cheddar's?
2: Yeah, well, yeah, like things that might be a little bit more localized, but like in that kind of ilk, like, you know, there's like that chain generic kind of place. Um, good deals. Uh, also, I want to hear from the people, RJ. What is your favorite cheesecake? You can, you can add us on Twitter, mm-hmm. at RJ Ochoa and at BrandingYup.
1: Instagram as well. Uh so um you um you know I thought of you cuz I was like Brandon would be proud I grew up I experienced this new thing. Um so I don't know what's next on my list. I've you know what actually I I will decree you right now. I've never had pumpkin pie cuz I'm not like <sighs> fond of the pump of, of of pumpkin as a taste. You know you, I, and and they make uh, pumpkin pie cheesecakes. This might upset you more. Well, this might upset you more. Um, my like opinion on, on pumpkin is is sort of based off of trying like pumpkin spice latte stuff. Um, and so, you know, I'm willing to give it a chance. Like I'm willing to admit that I've been wrong on a lot of things. So if, if any, and similarly, we want to hear your opinions on cheesecakes, but if you have an opinion on how I need to try pumpkin pie for the first time, what kind of pumpkin pie, whether it needs to be hot or cold, a fork or a spoon, we want the full one-on-one. Um, are you ready to proceed Yeah.
2: (laughs) now that we're like 10 minutes into the show? Yes
1: uh nfc east all-stars on special teams um what do we want to do we want to do kicker punter long snapper kicker, we punter, do a, a
2: gunner long snapper I mean. kick returner punt returner and then I was going to throw in like a special teams player but I had a tough time coming up with one to be honest um so I think we're just going to keep it to those first five that I said let's start with kicker these are pretty straightforward it's Jake Elliott he's coming off a Pro Bowl season um who else would you even put in here?
1: Uh, I mean, nobody. The Cowboys, just to you know, speak on my local team, um, don't have a, a. I mean, their kicker is a rookie in all likelihood, Jonathan Garibay, an undrafted free agent, and so I mean, can't really you know believe in him. I don't really think New York or Washington have anything to kind of be proud of. Um, I mean, we're talking about Graham Gano, um, and I mean. Joey Sly has had some moments in the NFL, but yeah, it's Jake. Gally. This isn't a close competition.
2: He, Are we ready for the, punt? well, he was 90.9% from field goal range, 30 of 58. So pretty good. Uh, made all three of his kicks from 50 plus, And then he was 44 for 44 on extra points. So didn't miss a single one all year. That's been an issue for him in the past. He'd always missed like a few a season. So uh good job by him. punter. This one's also pretty obvious. Why don't you say who it is?
1: I, I want, you know, I thought that I would make you angry with some of the things uh, that I said about food and cheesecake and pumpkin pie and whatnot. It's Brian Anger, who most people don't know, by the way, Brandon, um, obviously Cowboys punter now, Texans punter before that, but was initially drafted by the Jacksonville Jaguars back in 2012. He gave birth to Rich Eisen's punters are people too long. Wow. It was Brian Anger. So uh, the 10-year anniversary of that passed a, a few months ago. Uh, a little fun fact for you there, but Brian Anger also coming off of a Pro Bowl season. Um, I maintain, obviously I can't prove this, but uh, Cowboy Special Teams coordinator John Fossil would not have had Brian Anger on the roster if Johnny Hecker had been released. I know we talked about that in the training camp discussions we had a year ago. Um, so it worked out for Dallas. Johnny Hecker, do you know where he is now, by the no. way? He gave up number six in Carolina to Baker Mayfield. So um, he's already had uh, uh, a fun, quirky storyline. Johnny Hecker, so cool. Uh, But uh, yeah, so um, way to go, Brian Inger.
2: Should also say, you know, Tressway Way, probably also in consideration as a close second, um, had the same average as Brian Inger did last year, but was not second team all pro and a pro bowler. So, I mean, kind of hard to not give it to anger here.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, kick returner, I think, is very obvious. Um, no, 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 I don't mean, long snapper. It, oh, but long snapper, I don't care. I mean, who, who do you want it to be?
2: I, I mean. have some long snapper facts, some data to support this, RJ. It's Rick Lovato. Last year, you tried to make an argument for Jake McQuaid, is it? Uh, I can prove to you without a shadow of a doubt that it should be Rick Lovato. had a 69.6 PFF grade last year, McQuaid. Nice. Cameron Cheeseman, good name, but 59.2. And then the Giants' long snapper, Casey Kreider, had a 36.0. He stunk, man. Uh, So it's it's Rick Lovato for the second straight year.
1: Okay. Great. I Offer no fight. Uh, Tony Pollard is the kick returner. And, and I mean, depends how we like, how crafty we want to be like, is he just returning everything? He might as well. I mean, he's, we, we, we had him as the NFC, the only two time all-star two way all-star mm-hmm. here on the NFC's mixtape this year. Uh, cause we agreed he was the most dynamic running back of the group. So he has to be the, the returner and I'm fine. Throw him out for kick returns, punt returns, just give him all the opportunities with the football in his pants.
2: Okay. But officially kick returner. Cause I want to do a punt returner too, but it's hard to argue otherwise. Okay. The only thing you could say, I guess is like, is he, and it, I, the answer is no, but would he potentially have so big of a role and would they actually fade out Zeke that you know they wouldn't want him to return kicks? I, I would guess the answer is no on that, at least for now. Uh That's all I had. I will say, file this name away, RJ, Jason Huntley. He's the best kick returner on the Eagles. He had like five kick returns in college, a really good college kick returner. For whatever reason, the Eagles didn't use him last year, and those have heard me before on BGN Radio will recall me saying – he only had three returns last season, and they all came against the Cowboys I leave in that week 18 game. And one of those three returns, RJ, was the second longest of the season. Like <laughs> in it his it is three mm. opportunities, almost had the best return of the season. Like, what were they doing? It was very, I, I said, I have a tweet from back in like September, of, like, well, I'm bummed the Eagles didn't keep Jason Huntley on the roster because he's clearly their big best kick returner, and they didn't. And they really stunk in that regard. And it's not like kick returner makes a big difference Uh, in today's NFL. We're not in the era of uh, remember. Remember Josh Cribbs, RJ. I feel like Josh Cribbs kind of gets forgotten. In, uh...
1: I mean, I think I I was actually going to ask you about this, um, or I kind of flip this question on you. Everybody remembers Devin Mm -hmm. Hester, like obviously, like he's like, and I'm somebody who believes like put him in the Hall of Fame. You know what I mean? Like obviously, Josh Cribbs was was Devin Hester light. But I was gonna I was gonna ask you like who who had that role the Josh Cribs, Devin Hester sort of role for the Eagles? Has anyone, like, in recent history had that role? Because there is an answer for the Cowboys. Well,
2: it's a little – it's going back a bit now, and most of his career came with Washington, so he kind of gets more remembered for that part of his career. But it's Brian Mitchell. Brian Mitchell is, like, a really good returner, mm. and uh, I would say him.
1: Mm. Uh, the Cowboys' answer, I don't know if you recall, is Dwayne Harris. Um, he was just kind of a, a specialty returner. Yeah. He, he had some, like, moments as a receiver, uh, but Dwayne Harris, Dwayne Harris just kind of had these – had this like proclivity for pulling off these, like, you know, I, I you know I vividly recall there was a Sunday night game against Washington. He took the house, uh, but always just kind of managed to to kind of do the right thing, make the right decision. Um, and I didn't want to forget, I think we have to shout it out. Tony Pollard did have a kickoff return for a touchdown last year, and it was on Thanksgiving day against the Las Vegas Raiders, the game in which the Dallas Cowboys lost in super heartbreaking heartbreak. And offense. the
2: Raiders used to be so, yeah. the team that, uh, your guy was on after he left the Cowboys, Dwayne Harris.
1: He initially left them for the New York right. Giants, though. So there was um, a little bit of you know, bad blood there. Um, okay, punt returner, uh, not Ceedee Lamb. That's really all I care about. Like, right. I'm, like, how do? Where do you fall? On, where do you fall on this? By the way, like, like if this, like, is this like a training camp question? Like, should Devonte Smith return punts? Like,
2: no. You know, are you somebody who's like,
1: yeah, I want to see it, or are you like, absolutely not? It's not worth it.
2: <clears throat> well, to me, with Devonte specifically, uh, it's you know, it's like break glass in case of emergency kind of situation you know like you really need a spark you're down like really big early in the game let's say or you know you're kind of Hail Mary mode so to speak at the end uh and you need kind of like Deshaun Jackson to kind of pull uh, a miracle out of his behind like he did once upon a time
1: the miracle at the Meadowlands two.
2: part two uh so yeah I I think situationally like that I would like to see that because by the way Devante had like really good college return numbers I think that's kind of an underrated part of his game but they're clearly just not going to do that because of his offensive role which is the same problem I think we have here with CD it's like it's hard to put him on there like is he probably the best player right now yeah but can we really put him on there especially with Amari leaving
1: mm-hmm Um. Yeah. No. Sorry. CD. Uh. Not making a cut here. Um, Who is it then? As a punt returner. I have an answer. I mean, um, I mean, if we're cheating, um, here. So these are the punters that our lads has listed. Mm -hmm. Just so we're dealing in this. Uh, Alex Erickson for. I think that's the answer. Commanders. Well, so I loved him. In was it in Cincinnati? Yep, Um, that's where he
2: was for his first five seasons. I.
1: I loved him in Cincinnati, and so I'm down. Let's do it. Let's get a commander in here. Well, you haven't shown them a lot of love. Alex Erickson, congratulations. Here's your official NFC
2: All-Stars jacket. He had 10.1 yards per return back in his last, like, you know, kind of uh, active season, I would say, more so. in Cincy last year with the Panthers, still had 23 returns, dropped down to 8.9, which is still decent. So his career is 8.1. Um, his worst years came earlier in his career. Since then, he's been better um has what no it hasn't have a touchdown yet and isn't like you know he's not like darren sproles or dante hall or someone truly electric back there but he's Mm -hmm. like a guy who like knows how to get positive yards uh and yeah you'll take it
1: and like i think it gets underrated and not to be the like oh wow he knows what he's doing but like not it feels like not every return man in both a kick and punt return situation Fully knows the rules. You know what I mean? Like there always tends to be like an example through every season of like somebody who just like understood something in a different way. Um,
2: and so um, back when he was on the Packers or was it him? Yeah, I think it was him. Or who was the other guy? Finley? No. Uh, What's his name? 88. Ty Montgomery. Remember, have you ever seen those clips on YouTube of like like thousand IQ plays in the NFL where somehow it happened to the Packers a couple of times where the kickoff bounced near – the out-of-bounds, like, near the sideline? And he just let it well, roll? Well, no, he, 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 yeah, he let it onto the ground, but instead of, like, so it's in play, but what he would do is he would lay down so his legs would be touching out-of-bounds and, and then touch it because... And then touch because it. Because then that, by yeah. so by the rule, if you are out-of-bounds and you touch the ball, the ball is also out-of-bounds, so that's, like, a really smart thing to that's do. That's awesome. Yeah, it's really smart. And that's then, really so cool. that's the kick, kick uh, at, like, the 40, right? Like, you, you start at the 40 instead of the 20 or where else?
1: Correct. It's the twenty-five. Twenty-five. Now. yeah, um, so it's a big deal. Right, like, right. Um, that feels like one of those rules we forgot happened. You know what I mean? Like it's just like you know, whatever. But okay. Uh, Gunner C J Goodwin, hey. who is that's like his thing. That's know. like his I one job know. in Dallas. Yeah. Is, no opinion. I mean, so you agree, C J Goodwin? Glad, glad we agree. Universal agreement. I just
2: right have here. no opinion. Cool. I didn't say agree.
1: Okay, so C J Goodwin it is. Um, so our kicker is Jake Elliott.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Puncher Brian Anger. I forgot who our long snapper is um Rick Lovato kickoff return man Tony Pollard returner Alex Erickson and gunner CJ Goodwin uh congratulations that concludes the 2022 NFC East all-stars um along the subject of the all-stars I have a question before you before we get into biggest questions heading into training camp if you'll allow me have you ever been to an all-star event like a pro sports event um like like anything what do you think would be the most and least interesting? And and you can you can answer anything. So like for the NFL, uh, it's really only the Pro Bowl. You can't you can't be like, oh, I miss back in the day when they had the like awesome things. Like yeah, we all miss that. Like that would be great, but that's not a real thing. Uh, you can say All Star Saturday Night in the NBA. I have been to that. Um, so you can see the dunk contest, three point contest, you know, et cetera. The All-Star Game, you could say the Home Run Derby, which we just had. And tonight, Tuesday night, the night we're recording is the NBA All-Star Game. So what would be the coolest experience? What would be the least cool experience?
2: Um, I don't know. I've never really thought about this, RJ. Probably, I think the NBA All-Star Game, I think probably would be the coolest to go to. That's my answer. (laughs) And the least cool. You have to answer both. Um, Probably NHL i agree
1: um i don't think the pro bowl would be that cool
2: yeah that is true it's i mean i think i watched some of it this year not the whole thing but i like turned it on to see some of it and yeah i don't there's really nothing you can do everyone's like oh how do you fix the pro Bowl? you can't do anything you can't it can't be saved it's just you have to do something that isn't the pro Bowl, and even then do people really care no <laughs>
1: um i think the home run derby would be kind of fun, but it would true. get kind of old. I think it's fun. It would, it would get kind of old. Um, yeah, it's not great. It's, but, it's kind um, of
2: cool.
1: Yeah. Um, so, yeah. All right, cool. Uh, all right, we're going to take a very quick break to hear word from our sponsor. And then we're going to ask the biggest questions heading into training
0: camp. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity V-A-N-29.com. Brandon, welcome back
1: for the break. You ate a whole cheesecake, you said, throughout the break. The YouTube audience even saw it.
2: Do you feel full? I feel content. I'm not stuffed. I just feel good.
1: What's the biggest whole thing you've ever eaten? Maybe that's like a whole pizza. Yeah, I mean, this is a really easy answer.
2: So there's really kind of two answers to this. One is two entire pizzas one time. And the other time was 36 inches of hoagie. And both times, really full. But both times also really good. Okay, that's a lot, RJ. Not um, reacting properly. Would you put
1: Would you put hot sauce on the pizza?
2: Yeah, of course. Why not? What are you talking about? I don't know. That's like a that's a normal thing. And, and what kind? You. Uh, it depends. I like hang sauce a lot, but uh, hard to go wrong with a crystal. Crystal is a good one.
1: Um,
2: would you put Cholula on the pizza? I had Cholula one time. Maybe I need to try it again, but it wasn't a fan Got to, got to retry it. I, I, they mean like in general, you've only had your little one. Time? So yeah. That, I know. Wow. Of it. You got to be careful though. Cause it's, it's a glass
1: bottle. Yeah. And so like, as you're getting it out of the fridge, if you're like, if it's a tile situation, mm-hmm. you drop it. It's big wow. mess. So did you do that? <laughs> yeah. Watch out. I didn't do that. My friend Jimmy did that. Mm-hmm. Uh, not Jimmy Kemski, yeah. uh, but, uh, it was a, a different Jimmy who did that, and um, I t- I tell that story. We actually dropped a, a like a tub of salsa last week in our fridge. I had to get the dog. Neil Brian
2: the Malone, you are stuff. Kevin Malone. Uh, I, I messed mean, up yeah, first okay name. They wrote Kevin Malone from The Office. Remember the chili? You dumps it. You've seen The Office. It's your
1: favorite show. I I hate certain things that like have become over. Like anytime anyone makes a mess of anything, uh, like whatever social company it is, like like uses that. It's like okay. We get,
2: I hate you know?
1: I actually uh, I hate
2: wasted food. And I kind like of, that like, that was probably some really good chili that it just dumped all over the floor and wasted it. Also, the,
1: I don't know that it was probably really good, but I'm decent. starting to kind of like I hate I hate how people treat the office as underrated. That's a take of mine. Like I hate that. I guarantee you if either one of us I could tweet right now, I could be like the tweet could literally say i don't care what anybody says the office is the greatest show of all time it would get like five million likes because like people be like yes 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 and then you would get like the like four other million people would be like no parks and rec is better like nobody's having these arguments
2: i I see a lot of the like the like my hottest take is Parks and Rec is better than The Office. That's not a hot take. Like, come yeah. on, like everyone, I feel like, okay. like thinks that, Thanks. like, because they don't want to say The Office is cool because that's not cool. Um, the other moment in uh cinematic history, or you know, I guess I'm including TV shows in this, is in Breaking Bad, where Walter White throws the pizza on the roof that made me so mad and why was it why did it have to be a pepperoni pizza you're gonna waste the pizza anyway why does just make it a plain pizza you put pepperoni on a pizza throw it on a roof and waste it i could have had that it was also very large like yeah. it was it was a
1: larger than normal right. pepperoni like pizza. an extra large um,
2: pepperoni pizza they could have given it to me instead they threw it on a roof and they wasted it
1: Hmm. Mm-hmm. i bet you were real pissed off when lucy and uh ethel smashed the grapes or whatever with their feet or whatever it was and um uh, yeah so I saw that uh, uh anyway okay biggest questions heading into training camp the podcast audience cannot see this but we even have a banner that asks the question for the youtube audience i guess we'll each come up with one question for each team we didn't totally decide the rules but i think that's fair
2: i guess
1: let's start with washington why not
0: Okay, you ready?
1: Yeah. I, I, I'm gonna go first. Sure.
0: Here's my question What if
1: Carson Wentz is good? Mm. And I don't mean like, holy crap, but like, what if he's like moderately good? Like, what if he's an average starting quarterback? Like, if, if he is the 16th best quarterback in the NFL, is that not the best quarterback that they've had, like, relative to like context in, I don't know, like five, six, seven years?
2: So here's my thing on Wentz, RJ. Ooh, Here, here's, here's my one point of like, how could you possibly think this would work? Cause we've said that before. I've said that before, right? Especially when we did the emergency tri- podcast and the trade happened, I was like, what is Washington possibly selling themselves on? And the only thing I guess I can think of now is that my biggest criticism of him, or at least one of them has been the inability to be honest with himself and going to Indy, was an experience where he didn't have to be because Frank Reich was still there. And he was like, okay, the Eagles were wrong. I'm still good. I'm not back with Frank Reich. I'm all good. Like I'm still the man. But now it's really hard. I think for him to be in that spot, given the, how, the way last season ended and given that he's in an entirely new building with people like he doesn't have familiarity with, I think that is the one thing you can point to and be like, okay, maybe he will finally will change because the environment has changed so much again, I have a hard time fully believing that because I think that's kind of just baked in him at some level, but that is the only like saving grace I can think of.
1: Yeah. Like that's a really great point. Like what if he truly has been humbled? Like I maybe, if, like, maybe that you're kind of like rewording my question that, and that would make sense. Like I, I even think some like, and I've made well note of this on the explanation NFL show, but like, I, I don't know. Maybe I credit the Eagles for this. Cause like they didn't have to go out of their way to like, thank Carson when they traded him away but they were not jerks to him and like on one hand you could I mean you can you have to like acknowledge Carson did a lot for the Eagles organization helped him win a Super Bowl whatever but (laughs) but but my my point is like the Colts have like destroyed him you know what I mean like I think like whatever, whatever, like pent up negative energy Carson had towards the Eagles came only like from what occurred throughout the divide. I think the negative energy he probably feels for the Colts has probably come only since the divide as they have done everything they can to like sacrifice his public image in the name of maintaining theirs. Um, So I, you know, I think Carson's probably like, you know what? It's time to grow up a little bit. This, you know, this was his truly like falling on on his bum. He's getting up. He's dusting himself off. And yeah, what if he's good? That's, that could be really different, you know, in this division.
2: That'd be interesting. All right. My biggest question, because I already kind of gave my thoughts on that would be, what do we see out of John Dotson? Like, can he come in and be a difference maker? Because, you know, it was interesting, you know, the the machinations of what Washington had to do. They really, you know, they really could have traded that pick if they wanted to pay A.J. Brown, in addition to Terry McLaurin, they could have done that because, like, they traded a pick that was higher than the pick that the Eagles traded right for A.J. Brown. So um, they got Dotson instead. It seems like they're really counting on him to be a immediate kind of uh, contributor. We've talked about this ad nauseum. Like, who is the other receiver that Washington has outside of Terry McLaurin? And I think especially when you look at how Carson Wentz plays, and Carson Wentz doesn't love to go outside the numbers as much as he loves to go over the middle of the field and throw more specifically throw to his tight ends typically and i know Johnson's not a tight end but like can he develop chemistry with his receivers i guess you can throw tight end in there because it's not like washington necessarily has a ton of proven options i mean logan thomas has shown potential but he's had some injury issues um and then behind him what do you have john bates cole turner like no one uh, no one behind him. So I'm interested to see kind of, it's an extension of when, so I'm not going to double up on him because he took it, but like, you know, how is he gelling with his receivers? I think it's specifically Dotson.
1: I agree. I, I mean, if we talk like what exists in the like world of practical possibilities, like the finite possibilities here, this season, it's, it's possible that at season's end, we're saying like, you know, the Washington has the best receiver doing in the division. That's totally possible, right? Like, I mean, it's it's drastically like elevated by Terry McLaurin, but if like it is not, in, it is not difficult by any means to come in. I don't, I'm not trying to like minimize what these players have done, but it's like Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase. We have learned over and over and over again that you can just come in and take over the NFL by storm. What if Jahan Dotson is like of like cut of that cloth, and all of a sudden now you have two elite receivers, two very good, however you want to put it, receivers. I mean, that you're right. Like there are a lot of like. A lot of momentum swings one way if he turns out to be solid, reliable, even just moderately good. I I mean, he gives them, you know, he gives them another passing option, which they haven't had. If Carson is stable, he gives them an actual, literal passing option. Um, I don't don't think we have any questions about the Washington defense. I think we kind of trust it to just kind of like maintain somewhat status quo. Just Chase Young's Um, health,
2: really. But, you know, I think we're just going to assume that he gets back at some point and is fine.
1: Okay uh we want to go New York Giants next Let's go That's to the G
2: men the, the teams we never talk about RJ the Commanders and the Giants we're we're going first with them today
1: Mm, okay. So
2: that means you okay. go first because I went first. Last time. I guess I'm just curious to see, you know, what is it, Brian Dable training camp? What is that like? How to what extent is there a mm. real culture change? Because we think back to Joe Judd's coming in and there was a lot of hairy high school kind of stuff going on with you know making his players do laps and push ups and all this kind of stuff. Is that an
1: expression? I've I've never heard that before. Is that a real it expression? It absolutely
2: is. Jimmy likes to say it a lot. Google it. I mean, you can do that while I'm talking here. Um yeah, I, I think it's it'll be very interesting. Now, I, I fully expect not to see stuff like that, but I'm interested to see what it does look like, and I'm sure we're going to get a ton of pop pieces. Like, Brian Dable, I think you talked about it on Monday Football Monday. Like, he's going to do something where he's, like, really hands-on. It was like, oh, my gosh, this is totally different because uh, people eat that stuff up. But I am curious to see what is a Brian Dable training camp look like? Are guys buying in, um, especially for a team that – doesn't have these super high expectations it's like okay can we lay a foundation here can we can we get a buy-in um any kind of read of where the giants are and uh probably honestly the best thing for them would be a very quiet camp a camp where they're not making headlines for the reasons like they were with Joe Judge
1: um so that's a really good question um I do think like we will get then like we'll get like the New York post something article like these, these aren't Joe judges practices anymore, or like there, there will be some like very, very clear and obvious. Like there won't be a single fight. Remember when (laughs) Joe judges teams were like brawling with each other, it will be something like that. Mm -hmm. Like we'll get some like New York writer. That's like, wow, I haven't seen a fight. Are we sure this is a giant's practice? You know, something like that. Um, So I think that's a really good answer or a really good question. Rather my biggest question surrounding the New York giants entering training camp Um, really is Kayvon Thibodeau. Like, that's just my question. Like, what, what is he like? Is he like, I I don't like putting a ton of stock into like leadership unless it's like a extremely rare and exceptional leader, like say Dak Prescott, obviously. Um, but this team is kind of void of that. Like I know Saquon's like the face of the giants, but is he really like the leader? Um, so do you listen to the around the NFL podcast by chance? We've never talked about this, but okay, so you know, but obviously a super mega popular NFL podcast. The the gentlemen from NFL media, they do a great job, obviously <laughs> hustling and moving and grinding. Um, so did you see the heat that Kayvon Thibodeau caught from his appearance on this no. show? I meant to bring this up on this on the mixed end. So Kayvon Thibodeau uh was on the around the nfl podcast in the lead up to the draft um just kind of like hey you know and uh one of the hosts dan hans is a jets fan so like hey you know maybe you might end up a oh. jet whatever blah, blah. and su- he-, he was super funny and charming and witty and clever like 10 out of 10 sort of appearance but again it's the lead up of the draft like all these guys tend to kind of like crush those sort of things um so he's on you know right after being drafted okay like not the same thing super pumped i want to be I'm, I'm a giant now whatever like oh i gotta get an apartment in new jersey blah, blah blah whatever um he was on after that um and one of the other hosts mark sessler is a little bit more eclectic a little bit more of a of a you know unique thinker um uh, and that's what makes the the podcast great and they had some like funny questions for cave on like very clearly just having a good time you know what i mean like not not taking anything seriously and he was kind of like terse you know, he was kind of, mm-hmm. you know, not into it, not not really kind of, you know, willing to, to tick for tack, not willing to kind of ping and pong. Um, and it was really obvious, there was What? Ping yeah. and pong? Tick and tack? Those are those are phrases. Um, and it just was kind of a bad look for him, I thought, um, you know, not not willing to, like, you know, he, he just kind of seemed like not fun um and may- maybe i'm reading too much into it but is he who, which guy is he because like my point is like in in the i don't know 50 day span that he was on that show three different times we saw three different versions mm-hmm. or we heard rather three different versions of cave on so who is he who is this guy like who who because Saquon may be the the you know the face, but I think Kevin Thibodeau is the front man for the New York Giants. And so what does this culture look like that he is kind of the bedrock for as they start to rebuild what they hope is obviously a legitimate football
2: team? Yeah, and in fairness to him, you know, maybe he's having a bad day. I don't know. But
1: um Sure, yeah. I mean anything's possible. I'm just you know, yeah,
2: I just want to include that in there just to be fair to him, you know, the objective fair journalist that we are. But I've said, you know, about Thibodeau before, I think it's definitely going to be an interesting player to watch. I almost think he is primed to disappoint based on how he, um, you know, he's coming in with these big expectations. Okay. You know, the Giants kind of got a steal or whatever at number five, they, they, they they gotten him when he could have been the number one overall pick. And I just think people are kind of expecting really big things from a guy who didn't have the the biggest RJ is messaging me uh, on Slack is on okay. the podcast and yes I did see it RJ.
1: Okay, so you you've seen my message. Yes, right
2: yeah. About. RJ has to go take care of something real quick, so I'm just gonna uh, I will vamp while he is gone. He will be back shortly. So uh, with Thibodeau, I've said it before. I'll say it again. I just think that when you see these red flags pop up, like they did with him, a lot of people want to be like, well, actually, that's just other NFL GMs just making stuff up about him to try to push him down the draft board so they can get him. And again, there's probably some of that that isn't untrue at the same time. I think one would be remiss just to ignore all of those red flags because there probably is some truth in them. And I think it's going to be very interesting to monitor if he can live up to that pressure uh, as the kind of this face of this new giants era that he is in addition to Dable and Dana Jones if he lasts, but very much TBD there. So you know i think it's gonna be interesting to see uh Thibodeau, what you get out of him early in training camp rj as you were gone i was just talking about how you know i my whole thing with Thibodeau and in summation has been you can't just push all those red flags aside and say they're totally bs they're coming from nowhere like no there's there could be something to them let's monitor that it's something you file away for later
1: yeah i mean that's the thing like so like Justin Fields the, fell for a kick, reason the, it's
2: not just because like oh everyone is so dumb and the Bears outsmarted everyone or,
1: or like or like everyone is wrong and this one team is right and to be fair like you know Tippett didn't fall as far as Fields did obviously um incidentally Fields was taken with the pick that initially belonged mm. to the New York Giants but um but yeah I mean like so um the around the NFL has a subreddit um that you know fans of the show listen to and like that's where i really saw the majority of flack Mm. for for thibodeau and there were there were some people who were like hey you know because there were some like arguable debatable questions that he should or shouldn't have been asked but again they kind of fit the theme of the show and it's kind of like well if this is your third appearance on the show you should know the tenor of it by now so like again i think it's like a it's an interesting argument and debate to have and so if anyone isn't around the nfl fan i'm certainly interested to hear what your thoughts were on, on his appearances but um it, it It just was interesting I mean I haven't really seen a player kind of get feedback like that for an appearance somewhere like generally, it's kind of like you look at like Tyreek Kill and the the comments he makes on his podcast. it's one sided one sort of way, and everything is kind of cut from that like you it's kind of the same guy making the same co- sort of comments versus this again it, it wasn't Jekyll and Hyde. I don't want to like say that, but it was just different and so um he's he's he plays in a very very large market um it's been a long time since we've had. Um, so, like, I'm a, I'm a Houston Astros fan. So, like, I, Aaron Judge is really annoying, right? Because like the world loves him because he plays for the Yankees. It's in New York, blah blah blah. Like, we haven't had that that persona for a long time in the NFL. That like face of New York. Um, and that that goes both ways i would say the last true face of new york was mark sanchez um and so i'm interested to see if Kayvon inherits that if he becomes joe judge like and if he is don't joe judge aaron judge like um did i say joe or aaron a minute ago but either way um i'm just very i'm very interested to see like is because he also talked about how he's not opposed to like some rookie things like carrying pads and things like that but he's going to stand up for himself and we've seen those stories blow up too like I remember Des Bryant wouldn't, wouldn't do rookie things. And you know, so it, I'm very, very interested to watch how that all unfolds.
2: What you're telling me about this podcast appearance reminds me a little bit of an interview. I can't remember when exactly it was in his career, but Ben Simmons, as Bear in, did this interview with Mark Zumoff, who used to be the Sixers play-by-play guy. And everyone loves Mark Zumoff, like super affable. You know, you can't say a bad word about the guy, but he went on his podcast and I don't think it got as much attention uh because it, like this was a new podcast i don't know how many people were really listening to it but i remember listening to it because i love zoom off and ben simmons was so like hostile towards him and he it wasn't even like zoom off was grilling him by any means he couldn't he, you know he's their play-by-play guy he, you know he can only go so far um and it was just like ben simmons was giving him nothing to work with and i think it was after the disappointing playoff series as a rookie uh when the sixers lost to the celtics and like simmons was terrible in that series and so I was already kind of out on them as a player and I saw this too. And I'm like, this is just not the makeup of like star player face of the franchise, like guy you, you really want to root for. So I don't think that's irrelevant. It doesn't mean everything, but it's not just like a total non sequitur
1: right and just to tie a bow just because you're charming doesn't make you michael straight right
2: like to you know to be able to be
1: that persona for the giants um so i'm and maybe he is but i mean i don't know but i'm i'm that's my question um i feel like our questions about the cowboys and the eagles are a little bit obvious so yeah I, I, mean, I don't think we have to spend as much time about them because like we've been kind of spent the last like six months about them about these things um but nevertheless my first question about the eagles is very obvious it might be everybody's is like which Jalen hurts is, and I, I don't even think that's the fair question, like because which Jalen hurts implies that there's like a great passer that has existed before, um and I'd say that just like literally I'm not trying to be funny or, or subjectively but like true. can jalen right can can Jalen hurts show up and be a legit passer, or is he that like? like it's funny how like Philadelphia is plagued by this like maybe his like deep ball is like Ben Simmons's three-pointer like can he just not do it like is is it impossible for him to to Mm -hmm. like you know be a passer is he just this like confined to running quarterback and and if he is then I think we all I think a lot of people that includes us think that there is a ceiling on his 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 abilities as a quarterback so my question is is that real or or, or have we just not seen enough to this point i think it's probably real
2: but it is still a fair question the eagles like to talk about they have a very high confidence level and jalen hurts reaching his ceiling but the question always is like okay but what is the ceiling like what do you actually think that ceiling is because i think a lot of people like you said don't think it's super high and i think there's fair reason to believe that i was just talking to jimmy about this on bgn radio rj jalen hurts through over the middle Last year, according to the Football Outsiders Almanac, 10% of the time. That is the fewest in the NFL. The league average, I believe, was 22%. Like that, it's so extreme that he can't use the middle of the field. And like this stuff about him, you know, oh, he gets better every year. Like, I mean, does he really? If he's only using the field, like 10%, like, and how much better is that going to get? Because you look at someone like Russell Wilson. And that hasn't really gotten better for him. Now he's you know been able to have quite the career without that. Um, but I I just kind of question and, and that's the other thing. It's it's not like just like what is the ceiling? It's it's like, okay, people think he can get better, sure, but like how much better? Because he it can't be marginally. Jalen Hartz needs to make a significant improvement in 2022. If he only improves marginally, that's not good enough. Like he has to be. Good enough to the point where the Eagles are actually not only competitive, but again, able to beat good teams, which is they did not do at all in 2021. And like, I just think of, you know, Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert, and I'll even put Lamar in there. And, you know, Brady, whatever, Roger, all the top quarterbacks, Dak. Like, Hertz is not in that level. He just clearly isn't right now. It doesn't mean he can't get there, but like, you can't just be ride or die with this kind of, you know, 12th best quarterback at best. Or like, you know, like he has to be legit, legit good. And I'm just worried that people are kind of willing to settle for less. Um, that's a whole other topic, but I just feel like people lie to themselves and be like, well, we don't need a good quarterback. We don't need an elite quarterback. We can win without that. It's like, well, you'll probably only believe that because you don't have an elite quarterback. Um, but yeah, that's my concern.
1: He's, He's Jimmy Garoppolo that like that it never happened for like he's that's what he's facing like he's like Jimmy never became you know a third Jimmy shout out by the way here Um never never became like an elite passer like he had qualities people maintain that he has them okay, I'm not saying like their play style similar but like it, like there was a clear and it's obvious feeling like that he really. never broke
2: like Jimmy only team. passes over the middle of the field right right
1: <laughs> right but I, 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 you get my point like that's like they have a very clear and obvious limit to their potential um and we're we're about to either like further define that or he's gonna break through it by the way um you brought up russell uh you didn't respond when i you brought up slack a little while ago did you see the thing i slacked you on monday about russell
2: um i don't know if i did probably not
1: he released he released a hype video russell did big shock here and um you in it this. the videos the videos maybe i forgot yeah. to um, so I'll, let me just describe it to you because this is actually even better. So he released a hype video. It's him like you know working out, you know whatever this is. He's wearing his like Broncos country let's right gear, and he has these like awesome cleats. I'm I'm sure there's like a cool name for them. That's not my thing, but um, so there's like a specific zoom in on the back right of of the back of, of the right cleat, and there's a Lombardi Trophy like sewn on like like in threading, and next to it is the the ver- the words. Well, it's actually fourth, like the number four th fourth coming soon. Mm. Dot dot dot. The Denver Broncos have three Super Bowl titles in franchise history. Um, so, you know, uh, it's it's just I'm I'm a big believer in, in manifesting and and envisioning things, and um, you know, I'm, I'm all about. That first foot forward. And I, I, don't, I don't know about you guys. Uh, I know marching bands. They, they teach my, 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 my cousin told me in marching band, you learn to take your first step with the left foot. But, but for me, it's, it's the right foot because I want to get off on the right start. And, and so I, I put that on my right cleat so I can envision it every single day. Uh, you know, right, right foot forward. Fourth coming soon. I know I've only won one, but, uh, you know, uh, it, it could be my second and and the franchise is fourth. And, um, you know, that's, that's why here, but that's why we're here. We're, we're I love this game. And I'm just so privileged to to, to get to do this. And so, um, you know, and I, and after the fourth, we'll, we'll be chasing the fifth and, uh, you know, I'm not trying to be Le- Le- LeBron James out here and, and counting. Cause I know that the stories you guys are right, but, but, uh, but that's what we're here to do in 2022
2: Broncos, and the Seahawks never been in the <laughs> NFC East but somehow Russell Wilson comes up more than any other player probably maybe and then and even in the division on this podcast so there we go um
1: your biggest question about the Eagles uh
2: i guess you know since you took the hurts thing which is obvious and i do think uh it's very important how he performs in training camp. You can't just be like, well, it doesn't matter. You know, he—it's we got to see how he looks in the games. It's not, it doesn't only matter how he performs in training camp, but how, how he does perform is totally set t- uh, table setting for the season. Um, my other biggest question, I guess I'll, if I'll flip it, there's really two big concerns with the Eagles, RJ. It's Jalen Hurts and it's Jonathan Gannon. Because just like I talk about the Eagles not beating a good team in 2021, which had a lot to do, I think, with the quarterback at some level, and also had to do with the defense because the defense – got absolutely destroyed anytime they played a quarterback who wasn't Taylor Heineke or Zach Wilson or freaking Garrett Gilbert or uh, who's the uh, Trevor Simeon. So, you know, you can only glean so much from training camp practices, but there's more talent on this team defensively. There is thought that Jonathan Gannon is going to show more three, four looks, especially with the Hassan Reddick addition. And then adding Jordan Davis in there too. So will we see that in practice? Will we be seeing different looks schematically? Will we see the defense, you know, making plays, having a good camp? Again, I think I would argue they're, you know, at a disadvantage when you you can't actually rust the passer or press and things like that, uh, especially against a mobile quarterback in practice. But basically, are we seeing more of the defense and you know, are we getting a good feeling about it going into the season? I guess is what I would say.
1: I mean, big influx of talent. Right? I mean, like, is and that's, like, another question is, like, is Jordan Davis going to be, like, the, like, draft god that, like, a lot of people thought he was? And, I mean, I I don't think it's fair to expect a ton from him as a rookie, but still – Um, you know, does James Bradbury make a difference? Is Darius Slade, you know, continue his like rise in, in a, in an Eagles uniform. There's a lot there. I mean, like, yeah. And, and, you know, that's still where the most difficult battle is. If you're an Eagles fan or Eagles rooter Eagles staff or whatever is the most difficult job you have is stopping the Dallas Cowboys offense in the division. And so can you do that consistently? Because you haven't really the last few times you've played them, whether it was Dak Prescott or even Andy Dalton or whatever.
2: So, yeah. What's your biggest no. question about the Cowboys?
1: Well, no, this, I went first with Washington no. and you went second, and then you went first with New York, and then I went second, and then I went first. We're kind of snaking mm. So, like, you've got to snake back and you go first. Well, I Cowboys. was
2: asking you to buy time, but I guess I will go with what I.
1: Oh, well, I'll buy time and say that. Um, I have it, though. You know, I. Well, okay, whenever. I going to buy time, but it's up to you. Yeah, you I, to go.
2: I'm going to stick with it. I was going to think if I could think of something else, but. Does the bad vibe off season continue in a training camp? Do we continue to see evidence of like things are not pointing in the right direction heading into the regular season? That could be a, a number of different things. Could be players, I don't know, getting into fights like often or arrested or a bunch of injuries piling up or mccarthy has some embarrassing moment or like there could be a lot of different ways that goes i don't know what i'm envisioning specifically maybe it's like Dak kind of not having the best camp of his career like different things like that uh the offensive like this is uh what's his name uh the guy replacing uh leo collins um like, you, Steele. like is he like you know is he having a terrible training camp practice one day like, does the bad vibe off season for the cowboys continue into training camp
1: you know, I actually asked a question, um, what was earlier today for me, but yesterday for the listeners on the seven five Oh, and it, and it was how, how are the Cowboys going to sell this? Like, how are they going to spin this? Like they always kind of, I mean, every team has like, their like opening ceremonies at training camp and Jerry kind of takes the mic and it's kind of like, like, what are you like selling here? You know what I mean? Like, like, what, what are you coming out and like putting a ribbon in front of to cut? You know, it's just like, it's a difficult, like kind of product to sell. Um, it feels like, um, you ever seen jingle all the way with Arnold Schwarzenegger? No.
2: That's a big movie
1: yeah too long that's okay it's a it's from our childhood though like it's a different like i understand too if i wrong. asked you like have you seen the movie that came out last week anyway the Thor, premise love, of the movie is, is good the premise of the movie is Arnold Schwarzenegger is looking for a turbo man action figure that's what his son wants more than anything for Christmas so he's like looking looking it's sold out whatever uh but everywhere he goes there's no turbo man um but they they have uh, plenty of booster who is like turbo man sidekick which is this like big f- uh, fluffy pink like bunny man sort of thing and so like every time he goes to a store they're like we don't have any turbo man but we have plenty of booster and everybody's like ah oh, nobody wants booster booster sucks and so like I kind of feel like right now the cowboys have a store of boosters you know what I mean like who so like how are you getting up to buy these things um and so to your point yeah like it i think that all it takes is i think that some of the like cowboys goes away with camp beginning and like football coming back and you know highlight reels of cd making catches and things like that but i do think that it's such a sensitive time that the first whiff of negative sends us spiraling back down and, and into those emotions right it's, it's the first like trigger uh, of like the the you know how we were scarred over the last few months and so it's like oh no oh man i mean like to put in context the type of crazy things that happen at cowboys training camp um the other day i uh, i did a radio show interview and somebody brought up my twitter header have you ever looked at my twitter header photo if you haven't
2: it's I'm you and jerry jones right
1: Yeah. And so that day, I don't know if you recall this, Brandon, maybe you didn't like pay pay total attention to it because, you know, it's a busy time. Um, While the Cowboys were at training camp in 2017, I think, might have been 18, uh, I think it was 17, Lucky Whitehead was accused of, I think it was like a robbery of a gas station um, where he was from, and the Cowboys cut him. I mean, they they had all sorts of like issues going on in their team, but it was like we don't stand for this. You know, <laughs> right. he he was like the the player they could make an example of. All and and it was really like obvious that they were trying to make an example of him when they had other players who had other issues on Rainy, their team, rain, and So rain so rain just kind of point, ultimately. <laughs> Yeah, well, it ultimately highlighted the their like hypocrisy as as opposed to if they had just done nothing. But so they make this big old to do about cutting Lucky Whitehead and um it's only to find out that it was a case of mistaken yeah. identity, that it actually <laughs> wasn't you Lucky. Showed him. And so <laughs> and so that that moment in my Twitter header is Jerry meeting the media and I he was steaming. I mean, like he was so upset because he was like, you know, you guys always criticize us for not, you know, coming down harsh enough on these players. We finally did it, and it's like, dude, this blew up in your face. Now like, it's just the media it just it. So right. So, like, my point is like that kind of stuff happens at camp. So, like, all it takes is one of those sort of things. Um, to send all of this back into some sort of like downward spiral. The Cowboys are scrimmaging with not one but two different teams. Have you ever heard of a team scrimmaging two
2: different League, teams? Eagles just camp? did it last year, so yeah. And they're doing it again this okay, year, well, so yeah.
1: I feel like it's still a rarity. Like well, you know, that, it maybe it's a new because thing because they don't want
2: to play right. their players in the preseason games.
1: Right. Right. Um, so I'm interested to see how that goes. I mean, you know, it's interesting to kind of see how things coalesce. That's a good question. I mean, it it really is. Can I think I would amend your question to say can they withstand whatever future bad vibes come their way? Because they it will come like it's football. You know what I mean? Um, so that's a good question. Congratulations. How do you feel about you've um, liked a couple of mine. Getting congratulated by me? What's yours? Well, um, I I guess is like i really just want to see like how how serious is is this like i mean and i'm not expecting like dudes to be like you know sprinting with all their might at every single moment but like you know who 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 feels the intensity here you know because this is an intense thing like like right like who who feels the heat i guess who who, who who's looking like they recognize that there is a lot on the line here um and my i'll add like who other than mike mccarthy potentially because if if we're lining up like people whose whose heads will roll if the season does not go well he's at the very top right and obviously his staff is a subsequent result of that but like what what is the energy from everybody else in that sense like does everybody recognize that they are like as a team the team is on a slippery slope and if they don't get their proverbial act together then you know, a lot of changes could happen over the next year.
2: Which player? Because we all talk about McCarthy. You know, it, it's become so coach-centric that I feel like the players almost get lost in this. Like, which player would you say is facing the most pressure heading into this training camp? Which Cowboys player?
1: I think it has to be Zeke. Um, just because, like, you know, like, and and it depends how you define pressure, but like pressure with regards to like his job, you know being lost and, and by law, like they'll probably cut him right like because they they can steven jones even said in the day that the, the nfl draft ended you know they were looking at running back and he said you know you're always looking ahead tony pollard's going to be a free agent zeke's making a lot of money that was his exact line um it's a, first of all it's like steven i wonder why like well, how did that happen you know but uh um, no way to know so they right they clearly recognize that right and i mean if they do move on from McCarthy, I mean, I I think they'll move on from Zeke independent of that just because of the finances involved. But I think if they move on from McCarthy on top of that, I think it becomes part of this like culture reset, right? Like we're resetting new wave, new energy, you know, with Dak is kind of the center of it all. Cause again, Dak's not going anywhere, whatever. So I think, I think it's Zeke like they, and it's, it's more than just the finances It's more than the McCarthy. It's that they want to be able to run the ball and they not only want to be able to run the ball, they want to be able to run the ball with, zeke can you do it can you can you stop the skid where you continue to see your career you know your average yards per game diminish each and every single year of your career can you truly put an end to that because it doesn't seem likely at this point in time so i think the answer is definitely C. Okay. wow lots of questions that's eight different questions that we just asked
2: wow it's exciting times exciting rj times. it's it's the beginning of the season if you don't believe that's true. Well, you're wrong. Training camp is the canonical beginning. There's so many times, although I say that I need to make fun of, football is back. How many times do people say football is back during a given off season? Cuz you say it for training camp, say uh, it for like the preseason game. Training training regular camp, preseason in. regular season. But I feel like it even And then if
1: if not regular season, the home opener. So like if you open on the road, then it's like the home opener as well. Um yeah, no, it's like, I, I would actually, I've, I've reworded a lot of your points today. I would reword this one as saying like, how many times do people say like, this is the footballiest time of the year. This is the, this is the greatest football week of the year. Greatest, fo- greatest football moment of the year. Like there's a lot of football rules. Like that's just like, like we can just admit that like football's the best, I mean, so. Wow. Um, my last question as we wrap. Um, back to food where we started this. What football seasonal food are you most looking forward to this year so like something that you typically only eat during football Mm. season and you can associate that with football or associate it with like the weather and the time of year that football
2: season runs through. i mean i'm a sucker for all the pumpkin kind of stuff like uh you know there's these little i don't even know what they're called but there's these little pumpkin snacks that are almost like soft it's not a gingerbread cookie because those are like hard but it's like a soft kind of cookie thing i feel like they they only come out seasonally i don't know what even what they're called i get my mom to pick me up some of the grocery store because i can't even find them where i am but there's always a bunch by her so something simple like that i like i like that uh pumpkin cheesecake again i said that earlier in the show you can try one of those maybe it's your gateway to uh pumpkin pie proper i think uh trader joe's has those a lot of good finds at trader joe's uh what about you
1: i I'm looking forward to a good bowl of chili. Do you know what I mean? Like you that's. But it's got to like that's. I'm, well, I'm still a while from a while from that. Like, cause I, I like it to be cold outside. Like, not just cool. You know what I mean? I was actually I'm gonna I'm gonna take that back. Looking forward to butternut squash. Just it, however you want to incorporate it into your meal. Butternut squash. Hmm. Butternut squash soup. You know what I'd like to? You know what I've never had that I think would be really good. I've never had onion soup, and I want to eat of like a French it. i bit like, going out soup. Well, so I want to eat onion soup, but I want to hollow out an onion and like another advocate like, that isn't using the soup and then put
2: the soup <laughs> like in, a bread that, bowl in the like hollowed out ball. onion.
1: Have you ever had that? Like does that With an sound onion? Like it would be no, awesome? I haven't
2: had that. No one has ever had that. It's See, not a that, real thing. Let's, how
1: is that not a real thing? That has to be a real thing. Like you put it, maybe this is what I'm envisioning. It's intense. Um, you put the, you put the onions, the hollowed out onions in like a cookie tin. And um you pour the soup in, and then you, you sprinkle some cheese on there. You bake it for like five minutes. Get the cheese nice and crusty like on French top of it. Firm up now. the onions a bit. Dude, this sounds awesome. I just invented something. I mean, that sounds really great.
2: So, I'm the guy who doesn't basically know what soups are, at least certain kinds, who says gazpacho all the time when he means jambalaya. I'm not a big soup fan. Like, honestly. you shouldn't be. You're from uh, Texas. The episode... You don't need soup down there. It's too I know. warm. But...
1: The episode of Seinfeld, the like the soup one or whatever, like oh, they for eat you. so many soups in that episode. Well, they eat so many soups in that episode. They're like, I would never try. Like, I just like, I like, I love chicken tortilla soup. That's about it. Chicken noodle, eh. potato, that, eh. broccoli, cheddar. Eh. The soup
2: is like a onion though. A, oh, I mean, you have to try a French onion soup, but you seem to not know because you never, you haven't commented on me saying it one time. Uh I don't think yeah, see, mad. that's why I know you're avoiding it. Uh Love a baked potato soup. So good. So like, I like a creamy kind of soup more than like a brothy, like thin, like, like let's just say a, a traditional chicken noodle. I mean, that's nice when you're sick and that's like a nice little thing to have. Um, but if you're not, I want to, I need some, something creamy. Uh, yeah. Give me a baked potato soup. Wawa actually, RJ has a really good baked potato soup. I have eaten like a family size, one of those things, huge uh, one time just for Thanksgiving. Did, did a Wawa Thanksgiving one year uh, and it was a great time.
1: You did it the the night we did the night before we did Friday Football Friday. Yeah, yeah, it was like that. so it was during so,
2: COVID. Yeah, or like I think fall of tw- that was twenty twenty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yep. Yeah, yeah. So, um, it was a great. Great um,
1: time. Would you do a sweet potato soup?
2: Uh, I'm not the biggest sweet potato g- uh, guy, um, but I would try it. I'd give it a try.
1: You know, I think if I were this, is my last thing, and then we'll get out of here. If I was a potato, I would hate sweet potatoes. Because I would be like, why do you get to be named sweet potato? You know, like, why can't you be something else? Like, the implication is that I'm not sweet. You know, like, I have sweet qualities and sweet tendencies. Like, you know, why and why do I just have to be a potato? Like, why is there not, like, a characteristic about my taste involved in my name? Like, that, I would feel really, really hindered and limited if I was a potato.
2: You got to give me regular fries, though, over sweet potato fries. Sweet potato fries, I don't think, are trash. Um, But, like, if you get – if you just say fries and you don't specify sweet potato fries – and I'm expecting regular fries, and you give me sweet potato fries? That's devastating. You can't have that happen. You have to be upfront about it. I agree.
1: I agree. I like sweet potato fries if I'm using, like, a sourdough bun. You know, because then the meal is, like, somewhat sweet inherently. So, um, yeah. All right. Um, Shout out to cheesecake, sweet potato soup, onion soup, onions in general, Um, Alex Erickson, and... uh, BLG for uh, carrying the show by myself. by himself and I ran to the restroom real quick. I've had a lot of coffee today, if that isn't obvious. Uh, so, Brandon, the last eight words belong to you because we had eight questions. Ready, set, go. Well, RJ, I think it's only right that we end this in dramatic fashion. New voice. Wow.